Good afternoon and welcome to another episode in our Truth and Share podcast. I'm your host again today, Rohit Krishna. Uh, today we have a familiar face joining us again, Dan Plashka, CEO and co-founder of S&P. Welcome, Dan. Well, thank you for having me, Rohit, as always. Pleasure to have you uh, on this episode. So, Dan, today uh, we have another interesting uh, topic, um, and I think one that uh, you kind of have lived and breathed in the past. Um, and this, uh, that topic is, uh, you know, are we entering another uh, tech bubble? Um, similar to sort of uh, 1999 and how that transition happened between uh, 99 and 2000. Um, and, you know, your uh, company at the time was, you know, obviously at the heart of that, uh, you know, experience and situation. Um, and so can you tell us a little bit about how, uh, you know, today compares to that time? Right. So let's talk about the differences and the similarities. First of all, sure. you're right. I feel I'm qualified to speak about it. In 1999, after you know selling our first contact center business to private equity, we were in the heart of it in California, and we raised right. around $80 million in a six-month period, and uh, also had the, from from six institutional venture capital firms, and then we also had Intel as a big investor. We were early cloud, but you know things were. We started by with a piece of paper, right? So it was a very different time, um, as you know. Many companies came out of there and survived. More died than survived. Right. Um, so you know, I I can see the the differences where you didn't necessarily need revenue. Um, if you t- if you're a financial analyst, you can argue if you're trying to justify the frothy valuations today. Right. These companies have revenue. The multiples, that is price earnings, yep. are very different. But the truth is, there are tremendous similarities. Right. So first, I'll talk about the differences. The differences are um, we are all tech enabled. Um, we uh, we are we it's our preferred modality. Many of us in 1999 had never given a credit card right. online. Right. May not have had internet. Think about how many people had internet. So it was very different from a structure. It was revolutionary in 1999. Mm-hmm. The market today has evolved, and I have so much respect. Just think about Amazon, Google, uh, Facebook. The three yeah. of the greatest companies came out of this one state, California. <laughs> Right. All started in the late 1990s, right? Yep. Pretty amazing. And your company, uh, your original company, E-Assist, uh, was actually out of Silicon Valley as well, wasn't uh, it? Well, our funding was all out of Silicon Valley. We did our development out of San Diego, California. So, you know, I was up there every week. I just chose right. to live there, and we had all our development being done in San Diego, which, by the way, Qualcomm came out of there. There's, You know, San Diego is a, a, a much smaller market, but still very, you know, quite well-known for development. Um, so... We, we had a good group there. We felt that people would come there for lifestyle. So right, we were able to attract a lot of top talent. A lot of that talent has gone on, sold businesses to Facebook, Salesforce.com. It was a good company. Fantastic. Um, but, you know, when I look at this dot-com and I compare it now to the tech boom, I do see, you know, we talked about dis- things that were December. I see similarities. Okay. Um, I worry about it. Um, the market's gone up. Can you imagine that the market's gone up 40%? Um, this you know since we've had this tragedy of yeah March and uh, April of COVID nineteen yeah I mean it's really fright it frightens you because you know certain companies have done very well it's certainly not been a uniform gain obviously the you know the Fang stocks as they call them have become more and more important we've also seen unbelievable stories like Zoom yeah absolutely. here's where I see the similarities by the way the companies that are doing well there's more and more of these IPOs you may remember you maybe you're too young. In 1999, we built a business case very simple. We looked at the top 10 websites, e-commerce. 
we basically emailed them whichever way they allowed us to communicate, which wasn't voice. We sent in, you know, um, mystery shops. Right. Uh, three of them got back to us in 24 hours, only one in four hours, which in the industry of contact center, that's unacceptable. Right. Um, seven never even, seven got back to us a week after and never got back to us at all. And this was their only storefront. Right. We're seeing the same things today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in Amazon, that's a great company and their service is terrific. Yep. Okay. Um, you know, as you, you know, the, the whole digital migration, the idea is I'm seeing the same rules being broken. Mm -hmm. um, my wife buys off Instacart. I hope they don't get offended. Um, they sent her the wrong order. Yeah. She calls the 800 number. The 800 number tells her to, to look at, you know, the library of right. comments or email in. She did both. They never switched the order. Can't reach anyone. Right. You know, it's money is, the similarity is the cost of capital, very inexpensive. There's so much money on the street right, right. now being raised. And you know what? I don't think the ideas are original. Mm -hmm. The parallel to Instacart is Webvan. Right. Webvan raised billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. They're not around today. Right. Pets.com, great idea. We're seeing it today in Chewy. Right. So yep. you take all the top. Cosmo.com, big client of mine at eAssist. Uh, how is that any different delivery than maybe a uh, um, any of the delivery comes, Uber Eats right. or anything like that? They were doing yep. bicycle delivery in New yep. York City, right? And you're right. We are seeing a lot of uh, you know IPOs just sort of in the last 60 days even, right? You've got uh, you know Airbnb, DoorDash, uh, all of these platforms kind of going. Uh, and and they're great companies, right? by the way. I think Airbnb is an incredible company, DoorDash. I mean, Airbnb and Uber, for me, are in their own category. Right. Um, they changed the world. But having said all that, um, I think they've forgotten about a lot of them. I'm not specific on Airbnb, though, if you've ever, you know, had an incident, it's not easy. Right. Um, I think that the companies are forgetting. They think that we're going to put you in digital. I mean, pet insurance, they're all doing the same. They're going to say, okay, well, yep. you're going to respond digitally. That They think that doesn't mean that you have to service the customer. Right. It's and almost that, like these companies are like early adopters for those platforms. And then, you know, as things are changing, there's more of a need for those traditional sort of voice uh, interactions. And, you know, there's more of a need to serve the customer because, you know, a lot of people, quite frankly, uh, they're not comfortable dealing in digital-only, uh, you know, support, right? They uh, a lot of people like to you know, speak to a life. But you are getting to right? something else. I think what happens is when money's inexpensive, you know, it's funny because people believe in first movers advantage. There's right. someone that there's a book I read that says second movers or last movers advantage. Whatever it is, right? When money's inexpensive, people tend to think of grabbing market share. They don't mm -hmm. think of the last mile to right. the customer, which is what S and P Dad always thinks about, right? Right. So I think that the last mile is being ignored in many cases. I mean, there isn't an example we all don't have where we're not waiting for hours. They're saying it's super busy. Well, there's people. They can hire us. Yeah. Um, so I think that part's getting ignored. So when does that change? Right. So what, what does it look like in the future? Yeah, well, it changes because mm -hmm. eventually the cost of the free capital dries up. This is where the dot-com 1999-2000 is the same as the tech boom. Right. Eventually, the market's downturn. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. And all of a sudden, if you're going to be a viable business, yeah. it, your capital, you're not going to have access to more capital. You've got to right. turn a profit. Yeah. And the best way to turn a profit is to optimize customer experience. No yeah. one's done this better than Amazon. So you take capital, you build, 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 build. Right. But you got to 
optimize the customer experience. You've got to understand the lifetime value. Yep. It's got to align that the cost of acquisition has to be less than lifetime value. Right. The best way to get customers to repeat is great customer experience. Yep. That's where we come in. Right. And you mentioned voice. My answer to you is we can service them on digital. We can serve them on tech. But, I mean, you shouldn't have anxiety if right. you are if, – if, you, if, you, if you want to speak to someone and you can't reach them and you've yep. been charged for something. Yep. And that's just it, right? I mean, uh, you know, businesses have, uh, you know, customers that have a different profile, right? It's not just one type of customer on your platform. You have to be able to pivot to the changing needs of your customer base, right? And what better way to do that uh, than to have an omni-channel approach and, uh, you know, target to to uh, allow these customers a, a channel to reach you with? I think this omni-channel is incredible. Right. So, you know, when you and I speak about omni-channel, we're talking about what we offer. So right. we offer, you know, we offer text. Mm-hmm. email, chat, voice, we offer chat bots, we offer advanced AI, all sorts of stuff. Right. But there's also the omni-channel of retail yep. and the omni-channel of a restaurant. Mm-hmm. The idea that you order and you come pick up or mm-hmm. someone delivers or right. you, you know, that you can fulfill in so many ways. Amazon's done a very smart thing with Whole Foods. Right. But, you know, again, if you, I know as a startup, you know, I've, as you know, I have this owner's box involvement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's DraftKings and FanDuel. They're really big. Right. They're the largest right. advertisers right now in the United States. But I tell my, our group, hey, guys, we've, we've competed against companies like Oracle and yeah. Microsoft. They're, you know, they're not status quo. Right. It's such a great opportunity. But yeah. the standard is a company like Amazon. So, you know, I don't think the government needs to protect us against Facebook. I think we're big people. I think that I'd rather see them, you know, support small business. Right. The next company is incubated, mm-hmm. but the failure rate is going to be really high yeah, if you really ignore high. the customer service. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing it same as 1999, the failure rate to drive profit. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know you mentioned uh, you know the size of the uh, expenditure budgets may vary as well, right? From a marketing perspective, depending on the company, and I think that's important because even if you're a small player, relatively speaking. Um, if you have a you know strong enough value prop, and uh, you know if you have a competitive advantage, you can easily compete and in many cases outcompete for uh, market share. I mean, what you're saying is, you know, people are saying go support your small business. Well, it's hard when the stores are closed, but let's assume right. you you probably shop at a small business that you like because you like the shopkeeper. Right. Yep. Well, now if you're virtual, you know we have this idea to combine, as you know. Um, to, to work with one of the leading e-commerce uh, engines, marketplaces, where we right. provide the last mile. The idea is that if you're going to compete, um, you got to have great service, that same yeah. intimacy. And you can win. Right. But, you know, as you know, acquiring customers is five times more expensive than keeping them. Yep. So I just feel the golden rules of, uh, are being broken. Mm-hmm. Um, you better fix it because when capital types up, you got to be profitable, or you will go away. And yeah. and so and I'm I think the same. I really feel it's a very similar environment. I hate to say it. I hope this euphoria continues forever. But we got to be super excited about the the digital transformation. The fact that you know we're at home, quality of lifestyle, and we're ordering way more as a percentage of our spend mm-hmm. than we used to. Yeah, and I think, you know, an interesting kind of, uh, you know, topic to mention as well is, uh, you know, traditional customer care has always been seen as sort of a 
transactional approach with your customer base, right? And and I think what we're seeing is quite the opposite, right? In order to kind of retain and uh, increase that customer lifetime value that you were speaking about earlier, you have to kind of treat the customer like they're an actual person, right? Which is not very similar to what uh, businesses were doing in the past, which was, you know, uh, treating it like more of a number in a queue, but rather, you know, interact with the person, create a better experience. Um, and that all starts with, you know, uh, how you uh, recruit, hire, and train uh, your folks uh, to support your customers. You know, right? It's a business in itself, our business. Right. So here they are trying to grow their business, mm-hmm. their, all their capital. I think that they should look at an outsourcing. But obviously, I'm, I'm, but the biggest companies have always outsourced some part right. of their business. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge for any company is finding the right you know, balance between fully online service and the blend. Um, by the way, I always give the example, um, how would you like to pay your phone bill? I'd rather pay my phone bill online than speak in someone. So guys, rudimentary transactions, incredibly well serviced by self-help. Mm-hmm. You don't need a person. But when you escalate Complex and have transactions. it, and you're in a panic, yep. You need to be able to speak to someone. You need to have resolution. You need to feel good about it. And uh, I think that's what Amazon has done so incredible, mm-hmm. right? And I think that uh, all those companies that, you know, will go from, there are companies like Amazon that are going from, you know, um, to, to, from, uh, to, to are, are working their way into the old bricks and mortar. Right. But many companies are going from bricks and mortar like a Walmart, doing a really good job. But others will have to adapt. Right. Right. And so, you know, that kind of leads me to my last question here, which was, um, you know, what advice do you have for, you know, uh, businesses, small businesses, entrepreneurs alike, um, as they're kind of seeing this shift and this uh, trend change, right? Is there anything that they can do to prepare? I love to talk about entrepreneurialism, right? Right. I love to talk. It's an incredible to believe. I mean, they say that, you know, Hewlett Packard, they basically built in their garage but you know you can do that here's what i love you don't need the capital you once did to compete Mm -hmm. Um, so number one you know you don't have to buy a bunch of servers you can rent them you don't have to worry about the growth incremental growth they'll give you they'll guarantee that your data is supported like cloud as you grow scalability everything's scaled on a next level basis everything you purchase on next level basis Mm -hmm. the with apis and the ability to to someone's done it so you can really stick to your application yeah, you can you can integrate any any part of your supply chain into Absolutely. any other tool out there right i mean think about shopify you can just right. you can be, be in business in 15 minutes they right. have the back office you can process That's payments pretty amazing it's really amazing speed so, and scale so what's the differentiator mm-hmm. differentiator is customer support I mean, that's going to be this, the thing that at the end of the day is going to win. It's the same thing down to why do you shop in a small business? Do you like the people that you're dealing with? Yeah. Well, if you like the support, you're going to buy and you're going to buy again. And that's really, to me, the last mile is going to be the determinant of the winners in this new um, tech opportunity. Fantastic. So, uh, there's been some, but you know, Rohit, just to wrap up, there, this has been an incredible, it's an incredible time to be alive. Absolutely. And all I say is that, you know, when night, when 2000 came along, many people thought this would be the last time in our lifetime we'd ever see it. Mm-hmm. No, we're seeing it again. Right. So let's not make the same mistakes. 
100% agreed. Well, thank you for sharing your insights, Dan. And Thanks so for, for having our, me. No we, problem. For our viewers and our uh, listeners, um, you know, you heard Dan say it as well, right? Uh, especially the, the business owners, small business owners, entrepreneurs, or even if you're in, uh, you know, customer care or you have uh, any sort of interaction with a customer, um, that experience is the most important and that's the best way to kind of transition through and continue to grow and scale your business. I agree with that. Exactly. Fantastic. So thank you again uh, for tuning Thanks. in. Thanks always great moderator. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Truth and Share today, uh, where it's everything you want, always wanted to know but were afraid to ask. And remember, folks, the truth shall set you free. Thanks, Roy.